1: go. Pause. Pause, Coca. We're pausing. Nothing personal word of the day is pause. Let me tell you what a pause is. That's what a pause is. Now, you can have a very serious pause when you're talking about something serious, when you're giving a speech or giving a lecture, and you are trying to make a point, and you have a dramatic pause right as you're about to make the point. You can have a pause caused by lack of recollection. I do that on nothing personal. You're in the middle of a story, and all of a sudden, you, that's just a recollection pause. You can have a pause when you're listening to something like a podcast or music, and you want to pause and rewind. Because you want to get the words right that were just said or sung. So you can get the words right that were just said or sung. So you can get the words right that were just said or sung. That's a rewind pause. What's a pause when you're in the middle of a baseball season? Generally, it's a hurricane pause. It can be a tragic pause.
0: There's no injury pause, but there's
1: now a COVID pause. That's why it's the word of the day, because Major League Baseball has paused the Marlins season. They had four positive tests, then they had 11. Now they've got 15 players who have tested positive. Their roster has been decimated by COVID. It is an outbreak, so there is a pause. But guess who's not in a pause? the front office of the Marlins. Do you know what they're doing? They are furiously signing players right now. Just announced they signed Logan Forsyth, who was released by the Phillies. They signed a bunch of pitchers released by the Reds. It wouldn't surprise me if they tried to trade for Mike fulton who played for the Braves and got designated after one bad outing. Best pitcher on the team is tested positive. Starting catcher, two starting outfielders, starting shortstop, and obviously much more. But the pause will land on Monday, will it? The Phillies are, the Marlins are paused in Philadelphia as we speak. Why am I worked up about this pause? Because I'm having flashbacks to when I worked for the Marlins. I'm having flashbacks for what it's like when you're not the Yankees or the Dodgers or a team that is a large revenue, revenue revenue-sharing payor with experienced market, money, power, influence. I'm having flashbacks to the Marlins being looked at as the ugly stepchild from time to time, and it made me crazy. And that is what Major League Baseball is doing to the Marlins right now. And believe you me, I have zero interest ever in aligning myself with Derek Jeter. Zero.
0: But in this case,
1: I have to. That was a pseudo- dramatic pause. I wanted it to feel dramatic that I'm now aligning myself with the captain number two. There's nothing to do with that. What it has to do with 16 years of my life as president of the Marlins and reading this statement by Major League Baseball, putting the Marlins out to pasture, throwing them under the bus, blaming the Marlins and lack of following protocols for this outbreak, blaming the Marlins because they did something wrong. To have this outbreak. Did they? Maybe. Are they the only team who's done something wrong? Definitely not. Why would Major League Baseball release a statement that was so clear that this is a one-club, one-off situation? We've tested over 6,000 people since last Friday, and 29 teams had no positives. But one club, he didn't even name it. One club.
0: Say it. Call me by my name. Say it.
1: The reason there's a pause is that the Marlins correctly said we're not playing because we're not calling up our best players. We're not going to do it. We're going to sign a bunch of retreads. No problem. Give me your hungry, your tired, and your poor. Give me your released, your designated. Give me your retired or unsigned. And thou shalt play in the major leagues on
0: Monday. My level
1: of frustration continued to grow as I listened and watched people around the game be very clear that the game wouldn't shut down because of one team. But boy, would it be different if that one team were the Yankees or Dodgers, then what would happen? My blood curdled it boiled. I was sick to my stomach. I had that feeling that I used to get, that I stopped getting after
0: 2017.
1: Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Phillies have not tested positive, at least as far as we know, which is a good thing because if the virus had spread to another team and there had been another outbreak from the Marlins, Maybe the Marlins would have been kicked out of Major League Baseball. Franchise taken away. But baseball would have potentially had to come to a stop. Because if there is, is it a mission, COCA? Commission? Submission? Emission? When you pass something from one person to another? Can you imagine that I can't... COCA, are you awake? What's the word? Transmission. Yes! If there had been transmission from one team to another on the field, then you've got a serious problem. So Major League Baseball was praying, fingers crossed, hands clasped together, that the Philadelphia Phillies would have zero positive tests. And it appears that their prayers have been answered. Of course, that's for now. The reason the Phillies are not playing the rest of the week is that they've got to be tested every single day because sometimes the negative tests appear even when you're positive. Do you remember that great segment we did? I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago when we talked about two negatives and a positive and a negative and a negative could be a positive, that whole segment. Well, that is a funny but real issue. So that's why they're testing players every day in Philly. They're also testing Marlins players every day. But Jeter, smartly in his statement, second statement of the week, much better than the first one, said that we've decided to test our players every day. That was a nice little F you to baseball saying your protocols of every other day, those obviously aren't enough. We should be testing every day. So the Marlins decided they were going to test every day. Now, will those tests be the same as the MLB instituted tests? Will they be recognized by MLB? If a Marlin player tests negative on a Marlin given test that is not MLB authenticated, does that player still go into the MLB program as though hey, he had had a positive MLB authenticated test? There are questions that need to be answered, but I like the fact that Derek said, "You know what? We're doing it every day," which I've always said to you is how it should be from the beginning. Testing should be every single day. Hard stop. So yesterday was quite embarrassing for baseball. Every network, national news, international news, outbreak, more positive tests in the Marlins clubhouse than in the entire city of Toronto. What does this mean for sports? What does this mean for the NFL? How smart is the NBA for doing a bubble? How stupid is Rob Manford for not doing a bubble? All of this going back and forth. And all I kept thinking is that they're PR people for MLB and for the Marlins who are absolutely ducking and covering. That's it. They put their their hands up, covering their face, and they're just taking body shot, head shot, body shot, jab, jab, jab waiting for the knockout blow, which of course would be the spread of the virus to another team. But it hasn't come yet, but the jabs don't stop. Baseball is a game that gets jabbed to death. Jab, 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 jab. Eventually, it hurts. But MLB, doing the best they can, decided to reschedule teams They dealt with the Nats issue. Did we talk about the Nats in their voting yesterday, Coca? How the Nats voted not to go to Miami this weekend. And baseball doesn't care what the Nats said. But by pausing the Marlins through Monday, they didn't have to tell the Nats that we're ignoring your vote. So the Nats aren't coming to Miami to play this weekend. The Nats are going to miss three games this weekend, which is they need to play games because they're off to a very slow start. They're actually one in four. The Phillies are missing four games this week, all of which would have been against the Yankees. The Orioles are missing two games this week. They would have missed four. The Yankees would have missed four. But now the Orioles and Yankees are going to play each other starting tonight in Baltimore. So the Yankees were complimented by MLB and by Yankees management for having such great veteran leadership for approving and agreeing to play the Orioles in Baltimore. Can I just explain how that goes? Zach Britton is the player representative. The president of the team goes down to Zach Britton or Brian, Randy Levine or Brian Cashman. They say, Zach, come here. Although it's on Zoom, maybe or with masks or however it happens. All right. We're sitting here in Philadelphia. We've got our team buses ready to go. We're either driving back to New York and we'll do some workouts in Yankee Stadium. Or we can take these same buses from Philadelphia, go to Baltimore and play the Orioles unscheduled, which will open up two days later when we were supposed to be in Baltimore, where we can maybe play with the Phillies or use those as other makeup days for anything else that could happen. Zach would look at Randy and say, well, I'm going to have to talk to the team. And I would say to Zach, let me explain to you how this is going to work. If you want to talk to the team, that's great. If you want to talk to the union, that's great. I understand that you think we need your permission and we're going to say we need your permission. But if you don't agree to play these games, we are going to make sure that you do not get paid your full salary. Why would I resort to talking that way to a player? Because it is critical in a season like this that you play as many games as possible because we need it on the broadcast. That's number one. Number two, if you play fewer games, the playoffs are based on winning percentage. And remember back in 1972, the Red Sox had an 85 and 70 season, but they finished a half game back of the Tigers at 86 and 70. The Tigers win the AL East title in a shortened season. And guess what happens? There was no makeup game. Just like now, Zach, there aren't going to be makeup games. And you think the prorated salary... Is for the season? No, it's for games. It's 60 games. We play 59. You're only getting paid 59 60th of your salary. You sure you don't want to go to Baltimore, Zach, but go ahead and speak to your teammates. So Zach speaks to his teammates and they come out all high and mighty. We are a unified team. We understand and we've got the greatest organization, the greatest leadership. They're cleaning our lockers. They're taking care of us. We love them, they love us, kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. And the seasons, they go round and round. Give me a break. What happened in the interim is that MLB agreed that the Yankees, Phillies, and Orioles would be paid their entire seasonal salary as though they had played 60 games no matter how many games are played. Guess who didn't get that deal? The Marlins. The Marlins, who, by the way, just now had another player test positive. That's now 16 players. They are, it, this could go through the whole organization. They may not be able to fill the representative team. Do they need to go into a 14-day quarantine? The Marlins could get all the players from Jupiter, their satellite training camp, have those players play. But I told you, Marlin said, no, we're not doing that. So they're going to sign as many players as they can and try to get to 25, if possible, by Monday. But you're hearing it here first, Coca. This is an unscheduled wait to see. Today is Thursday, July 29th, 2012. And we are, will not today, cut that, Coca. I cut that. Three, two, one. Today is July 29th, 2020. We are going to do a wait to see that was not planned. The wait to see is the Marlins will not be playing on Monday. Because the way this is working is that they've got to make sure that all of the players who have been in that traveling party, of which there are 33, almost 50% have now tested positive. They've got to get the other 50% who are negative in a quarantine, and that quarantine needs to last, in my opinion, at a minimum of 10 days. It started last Saturday or Sunday. They played Sunday. I do not believe that they will play a game eight days later because if they were to play a game, it would be with all players, not part of the original 33 traveling party. So let's make this much more clear. The way to see is this. There will not be a player from the traveling party of 33 to play a Marlins game on Monday. The pause will last longer than MLB said. That's a bonus way to see. Make a note, Coca. But the Marlins are being punished, by the way. Maybe. This is going to be a grievance that I'd like to be a part of. MLB is not saying that the Marlins players will be paid if they cannot play their full complement of 60 games, unlike the Yankees, Orioles and Phillies. MLB is penalizing the Marlins for breaking protocol code. By the way, they're certainly not penalizing the owners. You're telling me we don't have to pay the players their full prorated salary? Thumbs up. Fine by me. But the players are not going to take that line down. They will grieve if the Marlins do not get paid. Coca, another way to see, and this is a guarantee, If MLB actually decides not to pay the Marlins the full 60 games, if the Marlins can only get 58, 57, or 56 games, there will be a union grievance against Major League Baseball and the Marlins. Wait to see. And if Derek Jeter is such a player's owner, will he decide to overrule MLB and pay his players anyway? That's not a wait to see because the answer is no, because guess what? not his money. He can't spend OPM. Well, he's done a pretty good job, but that's up to the main owner, Bruce Sherman. So that's what's going on with the pause. One other note that's happening with COVID and baseball and why it's so complicated and scary. Juan Soto tested positive before opening day. Couldn't play. Hasn't played since. Nationals off to a cold, to a cold start. One and four. Juan Soto cleared to play today. He finally got two negative tests outside a twenty-four hour period, no fever, no symptoms for seventy-two hours. The committee got together and said, Juan Soto, you're cleared to play. Hopefully he'll be back in the lineup tonight, if not tomorrow against the Blue Jays. But what about Mike Mustakis and Nick Senzel of the Cincinnati Reds? Part of COVID protocol is when you wake up and feel symptomatic, you isolate, you get tested. Well, Mike Boustakis and Nick Senzel have not been in the lineup for the Reds. The Reds are off to a 1-4 and start. It is Panic City in the Motor City. The Motor City is Detroit, not Cincinnati. What is Cincinnati, Coca? What's the name of Cincinnati? Is it the, uh, I have no idea. Three Rivers. That's Pittsburgh. Uh, The Big Apple. No, that's New York. Oh, the mistake by the lake. No, I think that's Cleveland.
0: Hmm.
1: What is Cincinnati known for? The big red machine. They were supposed to win their division. I didn't think they would, but they're off to one and four. So Moustakis and Senzel want to play because they had symptoms. Then they tested negative. And if they're symptomless and negative, maybe it was a cold like Rick Renteria, the manager of the White Sox. But the way it works now is they have to appeal in non-COVID times. When we'd have a player with the flu, we'd tell the player, come into the clubhouse. Let me look at you. We'd give him some Tylenol, maybe give him an IV of some liquids, some antibiotics, send him home, come back tomorrow, take his temperature. And the minute he was without temperature, get on uniform and play ball. Days of COVID, it's quite different. In the days of COVID there are no baseball brawls. You can't brawl. We saw Derek Shelton get ejected. New manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates got ejected for arguing with an umpire. They put their masks up to start the argument. I thought that was funny and important, but they should have had their masks on to begin with. But the home plate umpire did not have one. And Derek Shelton, some of these managers are using, um, oh God, again, a loofah, an oofah, one of those uh, ascots to pull over their nose and then they can pull it down, pull it up, down, up. So Derek Shelton pulled his up, goes to argue, done. They didn't touch, they weren't close because if you have physical contact with an umpire, you're going to get suspended for even more games than you normally would in a regular season. Well, the new rules also say that there's no more brawls. You cannot charge the mound or you will be automatically suspended. I thought there were rules in the protocol that talked about leaving the bullpen. I've been pushing for a rule for 10 years. You want to stop brawls in baseball? Here's one way to do it. Do what the NBA did where you can't leave the bench. If you leave the bench, you are suspended. Well, I want to make that the rule from the bullpens. If you leave your bullpen, you're suspended. Because I always found it funny, and I would talk to the players about this. I would talk to our bullpen guys because we had plenty of brawls. And I would say, listen, do you think it's strange that you run in to the scrum side by side with the other team's bullpen and then start fighting? Why don't you guys just stay in the bullpen and fight in the bullpen? Why strain yourself and risk hurting your hamstring running in when you could just fight right there like a satellite fight, like an undercard? Or just stay in the bullpens and leave it be. And we'll make the players understand, your teammates, that it's not that you're not backing them up. It's just that leaving the bullpen makes no sense. Well, last night, we had our first brew. Ha-ha. Wasn't really a brew. And it really wasn't ha-ha. And it really did make me furious. Let's set the stage. Los Angeles Dodgers play in Houston. Remember, the Los Angeles Dodgers lost the 2017 World Series to the Houston Astros. The view is the Astros were cheating that entire time with garbage cans. The Dodgers are upset. 2018, the Astros beat the Red Sox. In theory, they were using garbage cans. The Red Sox were upset. 2020, Joe Kelly takes the mound for the Los Angeles Dodgers. A bullpen arm Throws a hundo. Alex Bregman at the plate. It's a 3-0 pitch. Bregman digs in, thinking he's got the green light on a heater 3-0 right down the middle. Instead, it's Chuck and Duck. Joe Kelly threw at Alex Bregman's head. He missed him because it was far too far up and too far out. Bregman walks to first base. Shakes his head. Carlos Correa up to bat. Strikeout. Joe Kelly walks off the field. Says, nice swing, bitch. And the bench is clear. No fights, no punches, no touching. Bullpens ran in. And I was furious. I'm fine with Joe Kelly. As he was a member of the Red Sox, and now he's a member of the Dodgers. You want to hit Bregman? All right. You hit him on the tushy, or the tuchus, as I like to say. You hit him between the numbers. Don't you dare throw at his head, you miserable wretch. Don't you do it. You think I'm being personal? No. I've seen a player get hit in the head. I've seen what happens when a player gets hit in the face, up close and Personal think garbage cans and World Series rings are worth someone's jaw, teeth, mouth, brain, and eyes? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I don't care that you said nice swing, bitch. I've heard a lot worse on the field. I don't care that you made funny faces to the Astros after you walked off the field. I've seen it. Put your thumb in your mouth and suck it. Call them a baby. Go wah, wah. Do whatever you want. Bang a garbage can. Bang the drum slowly if you'd like. You can even bang anyone or anything you want. What you cannot do is throw at a player's head. And there is no exception. This isn't one of those instances where there's a circumstance under which you can and you just misinterpreted. And you thought this was the moment and I'm telling you it's not. No, no, that's not this. There is no scenario. He slept with my wife. Nope. He cheated and knows my signs. Nope. He's on steroids. Nope. He stole our playbook and scouting reports. Nope. He came into my clubhouse and stole my watch and money and got my phone and all the phone numbers in it. Nope. He had me invest in a business that turned out to be crap. Nope. He pimped a home run. No. He flipped his bat and was disrespectful. Mm, nope. There is no scenario. And as far as I'm concerned, Joe Kelly ought to be suspended for five games as a bullpen arm. And it should not be for the brawl. It should not be for what he said, the comment. It should be for intentionally throwing at Bregman's head. These are major league pitchers. I used to give the excuse all the time. Oh, our guys are, they, they, they're wild. They have no command. They don't know where the ball's going. When we would hit players in the back or the tush or throw behind a player, that would be my excuse to Joe Torrey in the league. I can't control where these guys throw. That was, he's terrible. Look at his stats, Joe. This guy sucks. Now, these guys know exactly what they were doing. That was a purposeful 3-0 pitch. Unacceptable. Joe Kelly should be suspended. Wait to see. Later on in the show, we're going to talk NBA bubble. But first, when we come back, we're going to talk about a world-class superstar athlete whose life has been completely ruined. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets, at +400 or the nuggets to beat the celtics at +425 right now and if you're new to draftkings you got to check this out new customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly download the draftkings sportsbook app and use code samson new customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at draftkings sportsbook with code samson the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY. That's 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back. I was told by uh, someone, I think it may have been Levitard. I can't remember who told me to watch a four-part Netflix series on Oscar Pistorius. It's called Pistorius. It's from 2018. And it is a, documentary about the rise and the fall of Oscar Pistorius. If you haven't heard of him, he's the blade runner. He was born uh, with deformities. He had no fibula. And it was decided by his parents in South Africa that they would just cut off his legs below the knee. He's a below the knee double amputee. He was involved in an organization that I'm involved in called the Challenged Athletes Foundation. It's an organization that helps disabled athletes and helps them compete in athletics, whether it's giving them chairs or blades. Sarah Reinerson, who ran around the world with me doing seven marathons in seven days on seven continents, is a below-the-knee amputee. And uh, she's an above-the-knee amputee, actually. And she's a part of Challenge Athletes Foundation as well. It's a great organization. Oscar Pistorius had it all. The first two parts of the documentary go through. Remember, he wanted to compete in the actual Olympics. And that was his goal, not just to be in the Paralympics. And he was criticized because people thought he had a huge advantage by running on blades. And then all of a sudden, in Johannesburg, you learn about all the violence that goes on there. They go into the history, a little bit of apartheid and all the violence. And next thing you know, Oscar Pistorius' blonde girlfriend, Reva Stenkamp, has been murdered. And Oscar Pistorius has been charged. And he admits that he shot her, but she was in the bathroom and he thought she was an intruder. It is a staggering story of what happens when people have guns. It's a staggering story of what happens when people are scared and have guns. It's a staggering story of what happens when people are scared, have guns, are jealous, angry, and have a predilection to shooting those guns. It's a scary story of what happens when you think you have it all, you're above the law, and then you realize when you get into court in front of a judge, my lady, is that are called in South Africa, when it's a woman judge, there are no juries in South Africa. It's just a judge. How you realize that I may be behind bars for a long time. The story has a lot of ups and downs. It is fascinating to learn about his childhood, to learn about how Oscar Pistorius dealt with his fame, his insecurities, what happened during the course of that trial. It is a fabulous documentary that is tragic in every way. There are no heroes. There are no winners. This is a documentary with all losers across the board. It's called Pistorius, Netflix,
0: a four-part documentary.
1: That's a pause, Coca. What are you going to fill it with? Ah, I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get into my Twitter at David P. Samson. Get into my DMs. Ask a question. I'll try to get to it on the show. If I don't, I'll try to answer it. If I don't, just know that I read it. If I don't, you won't know. But I really do try to read all. It's hard to keep up, but I do. And thank you for voting for us for podcast of the year. If you haven't, click the link. Tell your friends about Nothing Personal. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do all the things that you do that make Nothing Personal what it is. So you want to talk to Samson. How likely is an NBA bubble for next season? Given the comments yesterday of Michelle Roberts. Well, that is a perfect question that I wanted to answer. And the reason I wanted to answer is that it was going to be a topic anyway, so thank you. Michelle Roberts is the executive director of the NBPA, the National Basketball Players Association. I think I've referred to as the MBA PA, the National Basketball Association, Players Association, but it really is the National Basketball Players Association, MBPA. And she had some quotes yesterday that I want to explain. She said, if things remain as they are today. Next season will have to be in a bubble as well. And that got a lot of attention. People were very concerned about that. And I wasn't, but I wanted to explain why I wasn't. In sports, fans tend to say the following and started with Ernie Banks, I think. I may be mixing that up, but I do think it was Ernie Banks. Wait till next year. That's a famous line when you don't do well in baseball. Wait till next year. We'd always say, we'll get them next year. Next season, next year. I've said some funny stuff on Nothing Personal when players who were on steroids and got off steroids and during the off-season they came back much thinner or came back much heavier because they got on steroids and they said, hey, I spent the whole off-season working out and or dieting or whatever. And I would laugh because the whole off-season was like 10 weeks. So when you say... See you next year, or have a good off season, or we'll get him next year. Do you know when next season starts for the NBA? Now today is July 29th. The NBA season restarts tomorrow, July 30th. Two days from now, three days from now will be Saturday, August 1st. Do you know when this season is due to end? Well, it may end as late as October 12th if the NBA finals go to seven games. Next season is slated to begin on December 1st that 's a month and a half of an off season. let 's even pretend the Players Association says that 's not a big enough break. we 're going to start December 15th. Well, today 's July 29th, August, September, October, November. Four and a half months until next season starts from today. that 's nothing. Four and a half months ago was what month? February, February, March, April, May. No, April, May, June, July. No, March, March 15th, April, May, June, July. Where were you? Oh, this is perfect. I can't believe how this worked out, Coca. Four and a half months ago, right around now, guess what happened? The sports world shut down. Rudy Gobert tested positive. The NBA shut down two minutes later. Major League Baseball two days later. Hockey that day. That makes me smile. Here's why. When that happened, if I had told you that sports were not going to start up again until July 23rd, you would have said no chance. And it became July 23rd pretty quickly, didn't it? Well, time is definitely off during this time of COVID, and it's hard to remember what year or what day. Next NBA season starts really soon. There is no way to say what will be going on with COVID in the middle of December. It may very well be just like it is now, under control in some places, not under control in others. The NBA has watched closely as their bubble system has worked, including today, where they got to announce zero positives again with 344 players tested, zero the bubble so far is working. Now listen, it's not time. Oh, there's an expression that I was about to use. There's an expression that we use when uh, we're having a good season or when things are going well in a business deal or in any investment banking deal. And it goes something like this. When we're excited and we think it's all going to work out, we say, hey, it's not quite time to unzip your pants. And what that expression is meant to mean, and it's very crass and crude and rude, but what it's meant to say is, listen, it's not time to celebrate quite yet. It is not time for the NBA to celebrate. It's not time for the players to celebrate. They've got to stay as strict as they have been, but it's working now. The bubble is working and they're seeing MLB not in the bubble MLB is trying to say it's working, but when there's an outbreak on a team, 50%, by definition, it's not working. The NFL is hoping, while MLB is also hoping, that it stays one team outbreak and they can be the outlier and they can be blamed because they went to get chicken wings or buffalo wings or ranch or blue cheese wings at some hot spot in Atlanta. Whatever the case may be, they can blame one team, but there's a lot of green to cover before it is proven that the non-bubble system can possibly work. The NBA would travel less than NFL, less than MLB, but still more than the NFL. So for there to be no bubble with the NBA, there would have to be tremendously, let's just say COVID would have to be quite a bit more under control than it is currently in the United States. So Michelle Roberts was simply making a point, which is if Things are as they are today. When we start next season, we're not taking down the Orlando bubble. We're going to be right back in it. It should be noted that there is a recognition of a labor negotiation that will have to take place between the NBA and the NBA and the NBPA because revenue will be down this year. It will get attention. It will go smoother than MLB's negotiation, probably around The way the NFL negotiation went, it will happen. There is a CBA in place for the NBA that lasts till for many more years. There's an opt-out, though, in December of 2022 for either the players or the owners. Don't worry about labor stoppages in the NBA. It's all going to be okay. But if you're worried that your team will be still in a bubble for next season, that may be true. Thank you for this. So you want to talk to Samson. Okay, I want to mention right now uh, something that LeBron did. I found it fascinating, actually. LeBron, when he was with the Heat, he started this system where he would go dark in April for the playoffs. And the reason he would do that is that he wanted no distraction. He would go into full monk mode where he was just within his own head and he would turn off his social media he would turn off his cell phone and he would focus on the playoffs. It's noteworthy that in the bubble, LeBron James went public yesterday and said that he's decided that he is not going to go into his social media bubble, that he's not going to do a social media blackout. He wants to be in touch with his family, wants to be in touch with his mother, all things that he could do in a regular NBA playoffs when the team would be on the road and then home and then on the road and home. But now with the NBA staying in the bubble, He feels like he's got to stay in touch with the social issues going on. He feels like he's got to stay in touch. I give him credit for acknowledging what a different world we're in. But the concern I have is that he's gotten into such a routine. Athletes love routines. One of the issues that players have when you mess with their routine is when they perform poorly, they blame it on the change of the routine. LeBron James is going for his fourth title this year. It will not be an asterisk title. They got through the regular season. There's a full playoffs. It's not going to be easy for LeBron and the Lakers to win. As it is, they've got Anthony Davis, who was poked in the eye and questionable for the game one of the return. When he comes back, he may look like Abdul Jabbar with goggles or James Worthy, two other great Lakers. But LeBron needs to get the fourth title to get into a conversation about who the GOAT is, although it's still Jordan. But he's trying to catch Kobe with five, Jordan with six. LeBron is stuck at three. So if he does not play well and the Lakers don't win, he will look back and he'll never admit this to you, but he will think, what did I do differently? Now, granted, we were in a bubble and I was in a hotel room and it wasn't my own bed and X, Y, and Z. But this is actually a big deal. When you are on social media and you feel a responsibility because you have so many tens of millions of followers, it takes up your energy. Listen, I'm nascent in this game of social media and podcasting. You've been along on this ride only since October, and it is in my head, and I'm not as careful as Coco would like me to be, but when you're LeBron James, you have a responsibility that is far greater than any of ours. And by him saying that he's going to stay on social media, keep his cell phone active, I think that that change of routine really does have a chance to impact him. You're going to think that's a terrible take, but it really isn't. I've been around these players. It is hard when you take them out of their routine. Now, there is one thing that's easier in the bubble that they're not admitting. The fact that They don't have to sign autographs, the fact that they don't have to take pictures, the fact that they can be done after a game and get back to their rooms. Having no fans makes a difference. They say they love the fans, but players, they like the energy, but they don't like what comes with it and the distraction of the high fives. Every time you see a player walking through the tunnel and everyone's hanging their arms over the selfies, the photos, I don't feel badly for any of them. You know that they're well paid, but that level of distraction is now gone. How the Lakers will do, it starts tomorrow. NBA's back, baby. I cannot wait to watch my Knicks play. I think they have a chance this year. I really do. I love the new coach, Tom Thibodeau. I think they're going to be in this bubble, and they're going to make the playoffs and win the entire thing. Go Knicks. (laughs) What a joke that franchise is. Makes me despondent. What else makes me despondent is the nothing personal pick of the day. I'm one in three. It's hard. If you're betting on baseball, take it down a notch. If, you're, if you normally bet 10 units, bet five. If you bet 20 units, bet 10. It is so difficult to choose games. It's hard to set the lines right now. It's difficult to figure out because you don't know who's going to be in the lineup. You don't know who's going to test positive, who's going to get sick. It's, you don't know who's ready, who's not with such an abbreviated spring training. I'm one in three. How could I go against the Twins' offense thinking that Carlos Martinez would pitch well? Ugh. The Twins' offense is just good, folks. The Twins and the Yankees look for it. What an offense. Well, I'm doing something that I shouldn't do, but I'm doing it for the nothing personal pick of the day. I'm going to go with Max Scherzer in the Nationals, even though I don't know whether Juan Soto is going to be back. Max Scherzer had an okay start against the Yankees game one of the season. He's pitching again against a new pitcher named Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson is a top prospect in all of baseball. Blue Jays' top pitching prospect. He throws about a hundo, has four plus pitches, great changeup, breaking ball, slider, fastball. He's good, but I think that there's going to be a little bit of a sphincter action tonight facing the World Champion Nationals. Granted, there's no Rendon, no Harper, maybe no Soto, Soto, but the Nationals have a level of desperation at one in four that they cannot start the season the way they started last season, where we called for Davey Martinez to be fired in 1931. Mike Rizzo, their head of baseball operations, did not fire Martinez. And you all know what happened. They ended up winning the World Series. Scherzer's got pride. He's a bulldog. I'm going Max Scherzer, nothing personal pick of the day. Listen, the Nats are desperate, but so am I. All right. Coming up is my way to see, but first I got to do a correction. Yesterday I said that all the players who are opting out of the NFL, remember we had all those Patriots, Dante Hightower has a two-week-old child. All these Patriots are opting out. It turns out there are scores of players now beginning to opt out in football. People are getting nervous that football could be canceled if too many players opt out. Believe me, they've got plenty of players. They had doubled the size of the roster practically. There are hundreds of extra players. There's nothing to be worried about. Opting out is not what will cause the NFL season to not happen, I promise. But I told you that there was a firm opt-out date, which was critical, and I said that opt-out date was August 3rd. It turns out I was wrong. The opt-out date is actually seven days after a formal agreement between NFL and NFLPA on these return-to-play protocols. That formal agreement has not happened yet. If it happens today, the opt-out would be... Seven days from now, August 4th. So it's not August 3rd, it's seven days. I was wrong. Wait to see is when I tell you when things are going to happen, either they will or they won't. And I'll tell you when they do, I'll tell you when they don't. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go back to the NFL. They're watching MLB and they're seeing what happened with the Marlins. I do believe that the NFL is going to learn from Major League Baseball and realize that too much travel will ruin the chances of a completed season and they are going to change the travel rules for this NFL season. They're going to limit nights spent on the road. There will be a set schedule when teams are allowed to travel because the NFL will do anything it has to to get this season going, and they're learning from the leagues who are forging the path before them because we all know with Roger Goodell in the NFL, say it with me, it's business. It's nothing personal.